Welcome back to the Source Code Podcast, Decipher's weekly security news podcast with input from our sources. This week, researchers with IBM Security's X-Force team released research showing how they have tracked 13 cryptors that had previously been attributed to and used by the Conti and TrickBot syndicate since 2021. Ula Valadsen, Senior Threat Analyst with IBM Security X-Force, said that the cryptors help better understand where former Conti and TrickBot Syndicate members have moved throughout the threat landscape in a post-Conti world. The most important finding from our research is that the cryptors are still very much alive one year after the breakup of the TrickBot-Conti Syndicate, which we refer to as ITD23, and even more importantly that they are still incredibly useful for tracking activity related to the Syndicate and their partners and associates, or what we like to call their friends and family. So essentially, if we ever get a detection for one of these cryptors, whether from a repository, our telemetry, or during an incident response engagement, we know we are likely dealing with ITG-23 related actors and quite possibly preparations for a ransomware attack. As part of the research, the X-Force team found that many threat groups are sharing these cryptors, which shows a high level of communication and cooperation between these actors, and challenges the assumption that the new factions are all separate or distinct groups. Another important finding is that most of the factions that emerged after the Conti shutdown, such as Quantum, Royal, Black Basta, and Xeon, are also using many of these same cryptors in their attacks. And so what this signals to us is that the members of these factions still cooperate and communicate with each other and that they are not entirely separate or distinct groups. And finally, tracking the cryptors also led us to new malware, such as the Minoto backdoor we traced back to a Thin7 developer, as well as the use of information stealers and other commodity loaders, such as the Lumacy stealer and Aris loader. We have also been able to tie much of this malware back to activity related to former ITD23 factions. And what this indicates is that these actors are also reaching out to other criminal gangs and forging relationships with them in order to purchase or use their malware. In other news this week, researchers found a previously undocumented malware family called Early Rat that was being deployed by a subgroup of the North Korean-backed Lazarus Group in Log4j and phishing attacks last year. The known Lazarus subgroup was previously observed targeting VMware Horizon servers that were vulnerable to the Log4j flaw throughout 2022 in order to deploy new malware, including MagicRat, and updated versions of Nukesped. Researchers with Cisco Talos, Symantec, and OnLab closely documented this activity, but researchers with Kaspersky on Wednesday said that they separately investigated the group's activity between March and June 2022 and found it deploying a never-before-seen malware family. Jornt Vanderwell, senior security researcher with Kaspersky's global research and analysis team, discussed the top takeaways of what they discovered. So there are a couple of things we noticed during our last investigation into Andariel. Uh, the first thing is that shortly after the initial infection, human operators start to execute commands on the target machine. And those human operators are not really that smart. Uh, they're quite noisy and they made lots of silly mistakes uh, while typing those commands, ranging from typos 
to uh, commands that were missing keywords, etc., etc. Uh, the other thing we saw is that they use quite a lot of off-the-shelf malware, uh, also related to dumping credentials. So this shows that they're not really quite sure what the best way is to obtain those credentials. Also, that functionality is not implemented in any of their malware, so that's why they rely on these uh, publicly available tools. Now, in order to gain access, they rely on phishing and on, uh, yeah, on services that are remotely exploitable. Um, but all those services, they were, there were already um, exploits freely available for. So they didn't really develop anything advanced themselves. Uh, what they did develop, however, were three new reds, all written in different programming languages. But the reds were also not that advanced. The only thing they could do was download files, uh, upload files, delete files, and execute commands on the target machine. Um, given their relatively immaturity for an APT group, uh, they make quite a lot of noise when they exploit the targets, and it also makes it easier to detect them when they are uh, on your network. Though it's simple, early RAT serves as another example of the Lazarus Group's ability to rapidly develop new malware to target organizations worldwide. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Source Code podcast. Have a great weekend. While you were hacking the planet.